have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives. Heal broken hearts. And save man's soul. Here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today. Speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, Woo, it's good to see you. finishing up our <coughs> sermon series on neighbors. Uh, we've been talking about how we love them, <coughs> why we love them, and uh, today we're going to talk about when. When do I love my neighbors? I'm going to be looking in John chapter 4, verses 34 and 35, and uh, that's the extent of the slides right there. Uh, you might say, I don't see your, your uh, sermon notes in here. Turn your prayer sheet and flip it over. Make your own as we go. I'm going to make you work today. Okay? So if I should say something profound, I'm not going to say I will. But if I should, <laughs> jot it down. When do I love? John 4, beginning at 34, says, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. Do do you not say, There are yet four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. So when am I supposed to love my neighbor? Now. Now. We had the, when we were at CIY, we had the big windstorm blew through and a tree from my neighbor fell and really crushed the top of my fence. And... uh, the good news is we took the bar out of there and the fence stood up. So I said, okay, we're good. Don't need a bar in there. So I came home the other day and lo and behold, there's a bar in there, a brand new one. And uh, his wife was on a walk and she stopped. She said, hey, have you noticed anything about your fence? I said, no, I haven't seen a thing. I said, yes, I see there's a new bar there. I said, you shouldn't have done that. She said, well, we did anyway. It was fun. And that's what neighbors are for. He was amazed that I didn't even want him to fix the fence. He said, my goodness, you've got a good attitude about this. I said, hey, come on, brother. There's bigger things in life than the top of that fence to worry about. I mean, it could have fallen on someone. You know, I mean, there's just a lot more important stuff. But when do we love? John chapter 4 It's full of surprises. It's a chapter of surprises. There's a woman at the well. She's surprised that Jesus talks to her. There's a woman, the woman was surprised that Jesus knew all about her. He knew a whole lot, didn't he? It's kind of like sitting down with somebody and saying, somebody been talking to you? (laughs) What's going on? Sometimes you will leave here on a Sunday and you'll say, Paul Preacher, you were preaching right to me. You know, I wish I had that ability to say, okay, I know if I zero in on this one, it's going to say I'm glad the Holy Spirit still does that. That's His job. 
There's a surprise. The people in the city were surprised when the woman came in and testified about this guy that she met out at the well. The disciples were surprised Jesus hadn't eaten anything. So Jesus comes along and he shares concerning another surprise. It's the this, this surprise of this great harvest. <clears throat> he shares that this harvest is ready and it's good and it's going to be offered. In fact, good pay is going to be offered to those who participate in the reaping of the harvest. So I want us to focus today on when do we love our neighbors. It's now because the harvest is now. The harvest is ready. We've been doing something that was popular in the 80s, but hasn't been popular for years. It's called bus ministry. We've been going and getting people and bringing them to church. We're even baptizing them when they come. We keep telling them, stop, don't do that anymore. We don't have the water ready. Yeah, we do. We even give them a t-shirt. I'm going to have to order more shirts. Isn't that great? Chrissy, what, ten of them talking to you now? Ten to twelve? Wanting baptism? Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Don't know the change could be made. We don't know. But the harvest is ready. The harvest Jesus is talking about has to do with finishing the work. In verse 34, look there again. He says, My Food is to do the will of Him that sent me and to finish His work. Christ finished the work at the cross, paid for our sins. He went the distance by dying on the cross. You and I have trouble finishing things, don't we? We have trouble finishing the lawn. Too hot. Too high. Let's leave it. Sometimes we have a hard time finishing the laundry at home. Can I get an amen? amen. Yeah, I'll bet there's more. <laughs> ah, we have a hard time finishing the dishes that need to be washed. Amen. Oh, it's getting louder. Okay. Salvation comes from the finished work of Jesus Christ. Had He not died on the cross, had He not went through the pain and agony of the cross, you and I have no hope. Absolute zero hope. So when should we love? Again, I say now. Jesus gives us an example of perseverance. The Word of God tells us that we need to take a look in, in the mirror and, and this time not forget what we look like. You know what you look like. But what are you going to do about what you look like? See, you can change what you look like. Or you can change the eyes that see what you look like. There's a young man at Men's Encounter and, and he's, uh, he's handicapped. And there was an activity that we were doing and he was having a difficult time with the activity. And I could see that he was. And just as I got ready to get up out of my chair, two men jumped up out of their chairs and ran up to help him complete the little project that we were all called to do. 
Very moving to watch people respond so quickly to the needs of others. Now that's what it's about. That's what it's about. See, the harvest is ready. But what is the church doing about that harvest? What are we doing about the harvest? When do we love? Jesus said, the harvest is ready. I asked you to write down names and put names on a card, didn't I? And they're over here on the cross. Thank you, Sam. They're over here. There's Gene, Larry, there's Charles, there's Bill, there's Curtis and Melissa, Connie and Devin, Rebecca, Ian, Rodney, Barbara, Michael, Donnie, Nate, Rudy, Linda. They're going to stay here. We're going to keep praying for these people. I've got cards on the back table. Fill it out. Put some names up here. Find a place to stick. He's got a magnet back there. He'll stick to the metal. We need to be praying for these people because the harvest is now. Those are your neighbors. We need to find them. We need to bring them. You now have four months... September, October, November, December. You have four months to get one of those three or all three to church, eventually into the Lord if they're not there. Will you accept the challenge of the harvest? We live in a now society. Drive-thrus are fun. If you're hungry, drive through and get something. They'll have it ready for you. You want to spit it out on the other end. You pay it one window and grab it at the next. Amen? Hallelujah. Microwaves are now. The internet is now. If you, get, if you stub your toe and you're not sure why it's green, you go to WebMD and diagnose it yourself, don't you? And you find out that you're not only green, you've got gangrene and you're going to lose your whole foot. Or not. It's just deep bruised. Well, we're like that. We are stuck in a spirit of procrastination. I know I should do this. I know I should call her. I know I should visit him. But I just haven't gotten around to it. And then all of a sudden they die. And then you feel guilty for a long time because you should have done what you should have done, but you didn't do, so now you feel bad. Whenever the Holy Spirit prompts you, remember I've told you this a number of times, when the Holy Spirit prompts you, do it. Do it. If it prompts you to to write that person or email that person or text that person or call that person, man, we've got more ways for you to contact people now than we've ever had. Do it! Do it! Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate anymore. That's why we like minute rice. I haven't got time to wait an hour for rice to get going. We're only for a minute right now. Minute rice. Instant breakfast. I don't want to have to actually cook the breakfast. Give me some instant breakfast. But when it comes to the souls of men, where's an urgency? Now is the time. So when am I supposed to love my neighbor? Somebody answer that. 
now. Jesus lifted up his eyes in verse 35. Lifted up his eyes. And he, and, and, he, and he says, look on these fields. Don't turn away. Don't ignore the problem. Realize the problem is urgent. Something has to be done now. We are running out of time, fellow believers. We're running out of time. I'm telling you, we live in a, a world that is evil is good and good is evil. It's just the craziest time I've ever seen. Christians are being slaughtered in the Middle East. Slaughtered! And nobody cares. It's going to start happening on our shores. already is happening. It's going to get worse. We've got to be prepared and we've got to be ready. And the best way to be ready is to win them to Christ. Every member of ISIS, Jesus hung on the cross for. Adolf Hitler, he hung on the cross for. Saddam Hussein, he hung on the cross for. You name that person, Jesus died for them. Now, if they didn't accept that and respond to it, nothing we can do for them now. But while we still call it today, somebody needs to hear a message of Christ. Somebody has to get a burden to take Jesus to those that are going over the edge. It's time to sound the alarm and to bring in the harvest of souls. Reapers are needed. In our sports-driven culture, we have become a society of spectators. We sit in the church and watch it happen. Well, let's wind them up and let them run. Why don't you wind up and run with us? Come on. There are people who need the Lord. And when we sit back and watch people, it creates two problems. We love to watch. That creates the need for entertainers. So people that are, going, that are giving us something to gawk at, and it seems like you got a lot of that today. So not only do we have spectators in the church, but we also have entertainers in the church. I turned on a, a video of one of my friends. He preached at a large church up in Illinois. And the opening song they did was some rock song. And they had the synchronized lights to it and all that. And I thought, man, that's, that's really impressive. But is that why I come to church? Now, I'm not against that. That's, that you know, I mean... If success means you've got thousands of people that are sitting in your chairs and your pews, I guess that's successful. But I'm just glad we have Jesus. And we offer Jesus here, don't we? And that's what we'll keep offering. I remember years ago, uh, I was in Coach Trimble's office, and uh, at that time they had six state championship trophies on the shelves. And this young man and his mom came in to talk to him about Jinx, because they were transferring here. And... Our facilities at that time weren't that, weren't that sharp. They really weren't. That was when we was under the stands and, you know, the locker room. It was, it was brutal. Wasn't anything fancy. Not like Union had. And so she, he looked at, at Coach Trimble and said, Coach, what do you have to offer me if I come here to school and to play for you? He said, well, all I have to offer to you is not facilities, but I can offer you one of those gold balls. He went to Union. He was looking for the fluff. He was looking for all the, the, the pretty stuff. Okay? That's the way people are today. 
spectators, church hoppers, please entertain me. The spectators, Jesus is saying, faith without works is dead. And to the entertainers, He's saying, decrease so God can increase. Don't draw attention to yourself. That's not, you're not up there to, to, so people go, wow, look at you. I heard a guy just last night on the radio who's the worship leader at a, at a church in Sepulpa. He said, I, I'm pleased to invite you to my concert. I thought, well, I bet you are. He probably has, would do a great job. But I also learned a phrase years ago that stuck with me. It said, he that tooteth his own horn, the same should not be tooted. Man, we need to apply that in our lives today. With too many spectators and entertainers and not enough reapers, Jesus said in Matthew 9, The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into the harvest. Well, preacher, I don't want to go over to Africa. I don't want to go to India. I don't want to go to South America. Okay, go next door. Stand out by your mailbox and say hello to somebody across the street. That's just as good a mission field as anywhere else. Rewards. There are rewards for the reapers. There's a payday. There are multiple paydays. We, we receive wages down here. Blessings of God are not just for this afterlife. They're available here too. Tithing's one of those. If you don't believe it, try it. Give. Give money that you have that you think you don't have that you can't give and see what God does with that. Woo! You'll be amazed. First time I see old Bryant doesn't get choked up too often. He's a tough guy over there. Got that goofy smile on all the time. You never know what he's thinking about. I bet, he, I bet he's a great poker player. You don't ever know what he's thinking about. But when I told him what you had done in the offering that you gave him, I heard him on the other end. It was silence. And then he told me something. He said, you know, I've always believed that we're a generous church. And then his voice cracked. He said, but I never thought I'd be the one to receive some of that. Hey, it's, uh, hey that's good, huh? That's good stuff. You see, blessings of loving family and good health and long life. Then there's the blessing of eternal fruit, fruit that will be introduced to people as we begin to practice those. And Jesus said, go forth and bring fruit and that fruit will remain. Some fruit will pass away or perish. Other fruit will stand the test of eternity. Have you ever asked yourself, whatever happened to so-and-so? Well, I'm not sure. Why don't you find out? Well, preacher, you should know. Well, maybe I don't have time. I'm studying this or I'm doing this. Why don't you go find out? Well, I just don't want to run no more. Okay, we're all full of procrastinating excuses, aren't we? Get up and go do something. There's two people that tend the flower beds around here. It'd be great if we could get five people to tend the flower beds around here. Wouldn't it? Sure it would. It would be awesome. Whatever happened to that drunk who we share Jesus with? Whatever happened to the depressed co-worker that you prayed for? One day we will be introduced to 
those people again, except this time it might be different. This time we may be ready to go into heaven and God might bring that person forward and say, why didn't you tell them? Why didn't you speak to them? Oh, preacher, I, I just I absolutely don't know what to say. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I've taught you a hundred times. The best message of Christ you can give to anybody is yourself. What difference did He make in you? Can we even see a difference? The greatest reward we see are those that we help win to Christ. Matthew Henry, in his commentary, he said, I would think it greater... Uh, I would think it greater happiness to gain one soul to Christ than mountains of silver and gold to myself. Don't delay the harvest for another day. Let's start reaping the harvest that God's placed in our community. We need to pray for the harvest, but we also need to go out and we need to bring in the harvest. We need to pray for the television outreach. We need to pray for internet outreach. We need to share Christ with people who we know and who we don't know. And we need to pray for the... Uh, for our guests this morning and thankful that they came today. We need to pray for them and don't forget them today while they're traveling. Go out and do something, something to touch people for Christ. When do I love? Reapers, tell me, when do I love? Rewards are available. Rewards are waiting. But it depends on if you're going to reach up and get them or not. Depends on whether you're going to get involved or not. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. Opportunity we've had to just gather around your word and for a few moments reflect. Jesus, I'm praying that somebody here might be touched and ready to make a commitment to you. And if you would just move in them today, would they do it? Would there be somebody here today, just one person, who would say, you know, preacher, I'm going to get off the sidelines and start getting involved. We can always use teachers. We can always use youth workers. We can always use communion preparers. We can always use people to pray. We can always use folks who will help weed the gardens and the flower beds, plant new ones. We always need somebody who will sweep the cobwebs off the corners of the building. We always need somebody who will come and make sure the grass is off the sidewalk. Who, who will come and make coffee on a Sunday morning. God, there's all kinds of little things that happen every week that oftentimes we just take for granted that they're going to be here. And yet, Lord, there are people around us who are lost. Do we have a burden for that? Do we even care enough to get up out of our seats and say a good word to them about you? God, I'm praying today for reapers. Harvest is plentiful. Laborers are few. There's somebody, somebody today who would respond, would they, in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand and sing our song of invitation. Trust and obey, great song. When we walk